Thanks for listening to the AI and IT Ops podcast brought to you by New Relic. This is episode two, the express version. For all things application performance management, AI ops, digital transformation, and more, check out www.apmdigest.com. Our guest today is Jonah Cowell, CTO at Logs.io, who previously served as a research VP at Gartner. And now, your host of the podcast, industry veteran, consultant, and analyst, Andy Thurai. Welcome to AI and IT ops podcast. I am Andy Thurai, founder and principal at thefieldcto.com where we provide unbiased emerging technology advisory services. Just a few days ago, I was discussing with Jonah Cowell, CTO at Logs.io, about how much of AI ops is a hype and how much is a reality. He had some good viewpoints, so I thought I'll invite him to our podcast to talk about it. Jonah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. And my name is Jonah Cowell, CTO at Logs.io. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Great to have you. How much of the AI ops do you think is a hype and how much is a reality? So I would say that AI ops technologies provide a lot of benefits to organizations, but the aspirational goals of where this should be going and how much AI is actually in these technologies is still pretty elusive. So although they sound like great technologies that are going to save immense amount of time, they probably only deliver partially on that whole goal. But they'll continue evolving. And, you know, I think they will provide increasingly more value over time. Okay, so let me ask you something almost like a Back to the Future movies question. Let's talk about the past, present, and the future of AI ops. Where was it? Where is it now? And where do you think it's going? So I actually had the privilege of being a Gartner when we were creating this topic. A good friend of mine and colleague, Colin Fletcher, created this and sort of the thinking behind why this whole thing was emerged was that when you look at the traditional IT operations analytics or ITOA market, that market in itself was really focused on applying big data technologies to monitoring data. And what we saw was that new techniques in AI and ML were emerging and the big data platforms were also becoming a lot more mature where we sort of saw this ability to interconnect operations, service management, and automation together. And AI ops was essentially the thing that was going to link these pieces together. Now, there's a lot of really difficult challenges with doing that because the interpretation of the data and the sources of the data are very diverse. And this makes it hard to create that closed loop between automation, service management, and obviously the monitoring and observability. So it's started from humble beginnings and it has a long, long way to go before the AI is really AI and not some machine learning applied to the problem. That's true. I mean, you know, when the underlying technologies improve, so does the solution set. Yeah, and also a big area of innovation in the last five years or so has obviously been streaming analytics too, which is a really critical component of being able to make these things work at the speed at which data is being consumed today. That's just going to increase also, which makes this problem even more challenging. 
The next topic, I want to talk to you really about the open telemetry. There's obviously a consortium and, and it has become the second largest project on uh, CNCF, gaining a lot of traction. Yet some vendors are not ready to adopt it because they are worried that they'll become replaceable if they, if they open everything up. Do you think it'll gain momentum or it'll die a slow death like many other open initiatives? I can tell you that there are very motivated teams, uh, especially in the large cloud providers, whether you look at Microsoft, Google, Amazon, that really want to make this thing a reality. And obviously, there's a lot of monitoring vendors that are participating. You have pretty large engineering teams coming from Splunk and New Relic and Datadog, and then lots of contributors like uh, folks at my company at Logs.io, at Sumo Logic. These are all competitors, but realistically, all of us don't want to have to build data collection and instrumentation technologies because we're all spending vast sums of money to try to do the same thing. So by opening all of the data collection, these companies can now focus on analytics. They can focus on AI ops. There's only so much money that you can spend in engineering. And if we focus it on solving the really difficult analytics problems, it just benefits all the users. So everyone is behind this. And this is because they want the community to own this technology and build the best data collection possible. And it should support every vendor in terms of the back end. So that's really what's happening in the industry. It's really exciting. And it's just going to make everything better for users and allow the vendors to innovate, especially in AI ops. One of the conception is that the AI ops platforms need to store vast amounts of data, that they have to have a huge data lake, huge data platform, process it. Do they really need to store tons and tons of petabytes of data or can they just store events and or summary data and, and then get insights out of them? So there's a lot of different approaches to this. I wouldn't say that the answer is cut and dry all the time. It becomes cost prohibitive to store everything, but at the same time, by not storing any of it and summarizing it, you lose the granularity to actually solve the problems that you intend to solve. Some summarization is required, but the more summarization we do, the less resolution we have into the data. So I think there has to be a set of techniques and algorithms to filter the data that's likely not useful and try to keep the data that is useful. But you certainly can't store everything all the time. It becomes cost prohibitive. Do you think these kind of solutions, should they strictly process only structured data or somewhat semi-structured data like logs and stuff? Or do they even have to go after the completely unstructured data? Or is it just one of the tools in that one? All of the data is useful. The real importance is how you determine what the data means. And so going back to an earlier topic that we talked about, one of the things that open telemetry attempts to do is standardize as to what the data is, how we call things, and standardize on APIs and various other aspects of collecting this data and sending it to tools. So this will make it much easier to understand what the data is, because right now every data collection technology, every backend analytics system has different schemas, different data types, 
different definitions for data, and it becomes really hard to support everything. In fact, you can't support everything. You often have to figure it out on the fly. And it's a really difficult problem today for AI ops platforms that are designed to literally consume everything because no one can do that effectively. Okay, but then if they were to do structured, unstructured, or a combination of data, events and logs from everywhere, and then tons and tons of data, it becomes very difficult and cost prohibitive to scale, isn't it? Especially if you were to do a hyperscale system. That's why the summarization of the data and applying algorithms to determining what you keep and what you discard is critical and how long you keep it. So obviously a big, big part of the cost is not only how much data you ingest, but how long you store it. So certain data that may not be useful or could be summarized for longer term trending or other analytics definitely should be, that should be applied to that data. Whereas other things where you need the granularity for longer periods of time, you would obviously store it for longer. So it's a pretty tricky balancing act to figure this out. And that's really where a lot of the cost comes into play with these types of platforms. The AI and ITFs podcast will be back shortly. I'm Pete Golden, the publisher of APM Digest. And I just want to take a break for a minute to talk to you about New Relic, the sponsor that brought you this podcast today. New Relic has done something a little out there. They reworked everything. See, they've been actually listening when people talk about blind spots or being stuck with a dozen different tools or getting hit with hidden costs. First, they went open source, making it so you can actually instrument what you need. Then they made it so you can monitor your whole stack in one place, including serverless. You can use telemetry data from any source for ridiculously cheap, and there's one UI with all your tools. And they completely changed their pricing so you can easily predict it. This is advantageous because who has time to troubleshoot their bill? Best of all, there's a free tier with one user and 100 gigabytes per month, totally free. So you can really make sure it works before you pay a dime. New Relic is definitely worth another look. Check it out at newrelic.com. Observability made simple. And now back to the podcast. Are these technologies and the tool set, the offerings, is it old medicine in a new bottle? Well, I would say that there are two types of applications of AI ops technologies. One is in a general broad platform where you're trying to ingest very large, diverse sets of data and make sense of that data, which is mostly what we've been talking about today. But then there are very interesting techniques of using AI ops capabilities, meaning machine learning and AI techniques on data to solve specific problems. And I'll give you an example of this. In APM tools, they look deep into the transactions and they really analyze patterns within the transactions to surface potential problems and issues. And in the APM world, they, they may not be general AI ops platforms, but these techniques are being applied to analyzing transaction traces to really solve specific problems. So I do believe that a lot of AI ops technologies are in fact features but there are also AI ops platforms that try to generally collect data. And you've seen more and more vendors in this space now start to build more general observability platforms. 
And these are following the pattern of AI ops where we're just trying to collect everything. We want all the logs, the traces, the metrics coming into one place where they can be analyzed centrally. And I do believe this is what users are going to want over time, but it comes with a lot of complexity as well because of the diversity of the data collection. So the answer is kind of both. And the other interesting thing I've seen recently is there are many people that have job titles now that have AI ops in them. And this is something that you're seeing more and more of because these initiatives are really important for digital businesses, and they do want to invest and get these technologies right. If you think the AI ops platforms are implementing some of the features that are available, whether it's APM or NPMD or DEM or, or even infrastructure monitoring tools, or wouldn't that become a little bit confusing for the enterprises? It goes back to a long debate in this industry, which is, do I go after a best of breed or a platform? And for a specialist, someone that's really deep into the network and all they deal with is network problems, they want a network tool because it's going to speak a different language, collect data differently, present data differently. And this is really useful for that specialist. But as we move to the cloud and we become generalists, meaning we have DevOps teams who write code, who run operations, who manage multiple clouds, they don't become specialists like we had in the past. They become generalists and they have to do a lot of different things. And this is where AI ops platforms make more sense because they're going to need to wear a lot of different hats and they're going to be good at a lot of different things but they're not going to be super specialized in just one aspect of technology like we used to have. So I think there's room for both types of tools, best of breed and generalist tools. And I think that's a trend that's going to continue based on what I'm seeing in the industry today from the users. Now that you mentioned about that observability, how does the whole concept of, I mean, obviously the used to be called monitoring, and then some of that moved into cloud and added a few more things on it. It has become more of an observability now, and also then the automation plays a huge part. How do they both relate to the overall AI ops topic? And, and also, is this any different than the past in terms of unification of monitoring and automation? I would say that this is always the aspirational piece of monitoring and continues to be the aspirational piece of observability. Although we've seen interesting things happening between observability and continuous delivery, where we're starting to see closed loop automation. So basically, when a developer commits new code, it goes through a bunch of tests, it gets pushed automatically into production. And then observability is automatically used by the deployment system to verify that the production release was not detrimental and didn't cause problems. So we're starting to see more ties between automation and observability, but it hasn't really taken shape outside of some of these more sophisticated closed loop systems. So whether we start to solve some of the older problems or we just focus on the newer problems, it remains to be seen what's going to happen out there. But I certainly think the link between continuous delivery and observability is a very interesting trend and one that makes a lot of sense 
in terms of having the machines automate and verify the automation themselves. Is automation more like applying AI or is it becoming an integral part of the AI trend itself? The automation system makes a lot of decisions and it uses observability data to help drive those decisions. That's the pattern that I've seen most recently that's getting us closer to that point. I have not seen observability systems driving automation. Certainly, if you get alerted on something, you can kick off a script and correct it potentially. But to me, that's not really closed loop. That's more like detecting a problem and then throwing it over the fence to another tool, which is something that in monitoring we've done for a really long time. The other interesting areas is within incident management, whether you look at uh, PagerDuty or VictorOps or various other tools, they're also building some more ties into automation so that when an incident is detected, some automation and analytics can occur at that layer as well. So uh, there's definitely a lot of interesting approaches that I've seen to this type of problem recently, but no standard blueprint at this point. How come so much of the AOPS is in fact uh, applying ML to observability or to monitoring data? Yeah, going back to the history of APM rewinding 15 years at this point, pretty much, ML has been applied to monitoring data for a long time. Whether this is really simple statistical analysis, like looking at standard deviation of metrics, all the way to more advanced multivariate regression analysis and statistics. Most of what we've seen is really analyzing numbers and a rudimentary amount of analyzing unstructured or semi-structured data using things like NLP. Uh, natural language processing. So much of what we've seen in observability and monitoring in the past has really been machine learning and not so much AI, but hopefully that will change. I also kind of have an issue with AI in general because it doesn't have concrete definitions so much. Whereas with machine learning, we understand the things that the algorithms can do to help machines drive decisions. That makes more sense to me in general, and I think has more tangible applications in monitoring and observability. Hey, John, thanks so much for that valuable information. Appreciate your coming on the show and discussing all those things. Yeah, awesome, Andy. Thanks for having me on and always happy to speak to you and the wonderful audience uh, as well. So thanks again. So you heard from Jonah. You agree, disagree, or if you have an opinion, let me know. Let's discuss this further. Also, if you'd like to be on part of our podcast, let me know as well. Until next episode, so long and stay safe.